It is another edition of the Dean Leggy Show. Sunday night, the number four Georgia Bulldogs, uh, the new number four Georgia Bulldogs, taking out Auburn. Uh, and a big win, sending Georgia to the conference championship again, third straight year in a row. And I don't think people should take for granted that Georgia is going to the conference championship yet again. Uh, it's, uh, you know, this is the third time in three seasons, and they'll meet a different team. It looks like LSU. I can't imagine it would be Alabama at this stage. I think Alabama could lose to Auburn. Um, I don't know that they will. We'll see what happens. But, uh, Huge win for Georgia, gutty win, and now they're a two-touchdown favorite over Texas A&M, a team that can can score, uh, but also a team who has struggled to score against uh, you know the likes of Auburn. That was a twenty to a twenty-eight to twenty game in favor of the Tigers on the road. Uh, Auburn won that game on the road, so Texas A&M will be coming into a you know scenario that they've seen before. Um, Sanford Stadium is loud, noisy, boisterous. It's difficult to play there, but they played. You know, at LSU, at Auburn, at uh, you know Alabama in the last two years. So this won't really be anything shocking for for A and M. But the issue for the Tigers is really more. Than, excuse me for the uh, for the uh, Aggies more than anything else will be um, you know the players on the field. I think Georgia's offense uh, is wanting to get to the thirty point mark at some stage here. They certainly will against Georgia Tech, I would imagine. Um, and But to do it against an SEC foe would be a bigger deal than maybe people realize. Um, there's been explanations and, uh, you know, so forth for the reason why Georgia's struggling on offense. They played two of the best defenses in the league. They played two of the three best. They can't play themselves uh, since the South Carolina game. At the South Carolina game, you have four turnovers, 400 yards, but four turnovers. Uh, when you start looking at the uh, the rain game against Kentucky, and then the Missouri game where they nearly, you know, they essentially scored 30, but the ball got called back. Uh, frigid weather, not fun. I can assure you of that. It was not fun at all. So they need to get back on track, and it doesn't look right now like there will be any sort of crazy weather that I can tell. It's a 3:30 game. It won't be at night. Um, you know, you're probably looking at 60 degree weather, you know, similar to what you were dealing with at Auburn, but maybe not, no, not, you know, not the defense that you were going to compete against. So Jake Fromm wants his offense to perform better. Let's listen to what Jake had to say, uh, after the win over Auburn about Georgia's, uh, quest to be a better offense. Uh, we were we were scrounging. We were trying to figure out how can we how can we move the ball, how can we move the chains and get a first down and take more time off the clock to help our defense. Um, it, it helps us a lot, you know. But uh, at the same time, you know, we want to play as great as, as them. You know, we want to be able to uh, dominate on that level, and we want to go out and score score a lot more points. Of course, some of that is Jake saying um, the right thing. Um, I think the offense won the game as much against Florida as 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 the defense did. Defense was the certainly the reason why they won, but the offense closed the door completely against the Gators in a way that they didn't against Auburn. So it's a it's a team sport. You know, you've got multiple situations where you can win on special teams, you can win a game on special teams, you can win a game on defense, you can win a game on offense. So you're not giving back victories, as Mike Bobo used to say, not so famously. Um but, but, uh, all you got to do is secure the ball uh, when you're in for first down territory. I mean, catchable balls got to be caught, uh, particularly in the fourth quarter. Those have been killers in overtime for Georgia. 
So those have been killers for Georgia. You know, against South Carolina, that was one of the interceptions uh, last night against Auburn. You know, Eli Wolf catches that ball on third down or or second. I think it was third down, and Georgia burns another three minutes off the clock, um, and it would make Auburn's scramble even more impossible. I think so. This is about executing. This is not about play calling. This is not about, you know, do they have the skill? When Lawrence Cager is in the game, Georgia seems to really be able to do a lot more than when he's not. So let's monitor that. I don't know if he's going to play against Texas A&M. I don't know. And I can't remember. The, the postgame setup at Auburn is so challenging that it's difficult to do your job in, in a way. Um, you know, my camera equipment that was filming the post game uh, of Kirby Smart was constantly getting fogged up. Um, I, I don't know. So it was not a lot of fun yesterday at Auburn. Um, and, and so I can't recall, I say that to say that I can't recall if Kirby said that Lawrence would be out. He was on the sideline, I remember, um, after the game, um, talking with DeAndre Swift. He didn't appear hurt. But again, it's his upper body, so it's not like he would be immobilized. So this is a. I was very glad to see Brian Herring get back out there. Very glad to see the photographer that works for the university to get back out there. Well, to be released from the hospital and tweet today that she's going to be okay. Um, I am. It is unfortunate that Tua had the injury that he had. His season is concluded. Um, these are realities that everyone deals with. Apparently, even those of us on the sideline. I mean, I know that at any moment you can get hit by a guy your size or larger. And for me, that would mean they're a pretty large person. And you got to be head on a swivel. And Brian Herrian was moving. And that he got hit right on top of the sideline. I don't think it was a late hit, but it was right. I mean, it was it was. I do not think it was a late hit. I think it was a very close to late hit, which means it was a legal hit, which didn't help that situation at all. So that was not the Auburn player's fault. That was not Brian's fault. That was not the photographer's fault. That just was a freak thing that happened. Freak things occur all the time. Doesn't mean we have to like it. Um, you know, you saw a freak thing to swing it back to Georgia football. You saw a freak thing happen when Georgia lost to South Carolina this year. I mean, that would not happen. That would probably happen three other times out of a hundred, maybe. And that's it. But if you turn it over four times, you know, so you're playing the probabilities all the time in life. You're assuming when you get out of the bed that the floor is there and you're not just going to fall through to the middle of the earth. Um, so there are always assumptions that are made. I think another assumption that's being made about Georgia and their situation moving forward um, is that Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU will continue to score at the pace that they are in every game moving forward. I'm not sure that that's going to be the, the case. Uh, when you start talking about those four teams, if it's them, uh, if you start talking about those four teams, the only one that has a sort of lacking defense is LSU. They don't have the most explosive offense that would go to Ohio State. So, you know, Clemson has a very good combination, just the same way Ohio State does. But everyone's making the assumption uh, going into the playoff scenarios here that um, these teams are going to continue to score. Oregon, too, uh, and Utah. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are still in this. Everyone's focusing on the top three, and that's fine. I mean, you look at, they're undefeated. But you look at who still controls their own destiny, 
it it seems to me for sure, well for sure we know in the Big Ten three teams do Ohio State Minnesota and Penn State Penn State is not looking so hot right now but they control their own destiny they deal with Ohio State Ohio State's got a brutal stretch coming up so they better get ready uh, Clemson does not um, but they have proven in Davo Sweeney's time that they can lose any game they play and if you don't think so turn on the two, 2017 game against Syracuse a team that that went four and eight or the Pittsburgh game in 2016. So they can lose a lot, and anyone can lose, but Clemson has shown a, a particular uh, interest in losing games that doesn't that don't particularly make a lot of sense. And Ohio State's not that far behind them, although I think this is a very different Ohio State team than we saw last year. Justin Fields looks really good, not surprising. Um, and then, of course, LSU. You know, LSU is not going to lose to Arkansas. That won't happen. I do not think they'll lose to Texas A&M at home, although last year A&M stunned a, uh, LSU. So you don't know really what can happen there. Texas A&M has the capability of winning both of their final games. It's just that they're on the road and they're playing teams in the top four. So that's going to be a challenge. And obviously LSU has to deal with the conference championship game in Georgia. So... Uh, it's getting serious for everybody except Clemson. Um, but, you know, if you're the Tigers, you just can't lose. I mean, like, there's no uh, – I mean, Ohio State can probably still lose and get in. LSU can probably still lose and get in. Clemson can't. Uh, Clemson loses and everybody's going to laugh them out of town. So they're playing well. I just – you know, I, and the t Clemson people can just hold your fire. Uh, we don't know enough about Clemson. Um, because of the league they play in. And if you want to hate me, I don't give a shit. It's the truth. And we think they're really, really good. I do. But, I mean, they're not playing in a good league. And, you know, is Oklahoma good? I think they're probably good, but they play in a league that's not very good. I mean, who is the second best team in the ACC? And don't look it up on Google. You tell me. I, I don't know. I mean, is it Wake Forest? Or is it... Um, Virginia Tech or Virginia, I mean, I, I don't know. Virginia looked okay at the beginning of the season. I, I just, there's just, it's total wheel of destiny in the ACC after Clemson. And um, that doesn't mean they won't win the national championship. That doesn't mean they won't win their 30th game in a row or whatever it is. I have to say a lot of people are getting real tired of the whole, you know, disrespect act. So, you know, relax on that front. Um, and that people point this out is no more, it's no different than the supposed domination of the SEC West over the SEC East. I mean, people have said that for a long time. The East won more games against the West last year. I mean, but that has been ignored too. But you don't see people in the East jumping off bridges about it. It's so dumb. It's overdone. And the Big 12 acts like this. The Big 12 chanting SEC when you're winning against an SEC team, I, I don't I, I don't know. The last I saw, Texas was getting their ass run over in this six and four. So keep chanting, fellas. I think you gotta take Texas AM very seriously. Um it's a game Georgia should win and should win going away probably. But don't expect them to have some high dollar flashing, you know, you know, party. In Sanford, it's not going to happen. That's not how they play. It's not who they are. That's new. That is not who these guys are. If you want to see, you know, crazy acrobatic stuff and so forth in Athens, the gym dogs start in January, so you can just get your tickets there. These guys don't play that way, and it works. It works. So let's 
you know, move past the complaining. Everybody in college football has got to quit complaining. Everybody's got some sort of complaint. It's just that you don't hear it from the head coaches all the time. You hear that at some schools. You know who I'm talking about. And the other thing, I'll leave it, I'll leave the note on this. Let's quit booing kids when they're hurt, whether whether they're faking or not, because you never know if they're faking. I think that's something that we've got to stop in college football. I've literally I've been in a lot of campuses. I've seen Georgia do it. Obviously Auburn last night. Clemson I've seen do it. Let's just stop it. It's because we you don't know if the kid is hurt. And it's you know, Devontae Wyatt was hurt last night. And there he was laying on the ground, and the whole stadium's booing him. I mean, you know, it's just it's not it's not a good look. But yet, yesterday was not a good look for Auburn, generally speaking. On the field, the 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 PA, you know, not the PA, but the sound, the sound, the scoreboard, that was just unacceptable behavior, I thought. All right. More Auburn, Georgia stuff up here. Jake Fromm and his brother, Kirby, doing his, you know, thing after the game. Dean Leggy, check us out. We'll have riding home the whole week. Signing off, subscribe if you don't subscribe.